now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Tuesday here on the Steve Day Show. It's a pop culture Tuesday on the podcast here on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. Todd and Aaron are standing by. And gentlemen, we just concluded production for today's CRTV show. Should we have the audience a preview of what's to come? Aaron, I'm going to speak for you, if you don't mind. Sure. Because I don't know what you thought, Todd, but you was in fuego. It was on fire on the TV show. Today. Nailed it. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm low on sleep, and sometimes when I'm low on sleep, the walls just come down, and I just I say what's on my uh, on my Brian brain, and on your Brian too. Yeah. Well, your Brian was frying Heck, today. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you were letting it rip, man. I was impressed. Oh, thanks. thanks I even let you have it. the last word in a segment. You know that like never happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what were we talking? Huh. <laughs> I just kept talking until I said something. Todd, what do you want to preview about today's show? Uh, well, we tried mightily. Don't know if we exceeded. Tried to distinguish between uh, embarrassing Trump. And, uh, well, we weren't trying to embarrass him. It Was Trump just embarrassing? Or was this the next Pearl Harbor, as people oh are, are saying out there, uh, that this was a era of grotesque geopolitical proportions, or was this, you know, just basically Trump swirling, giving himself a swirly? You know, I, and can we even, as you, you, you're right to point out, is, is the Twitterverse capable or interested in distinguishing between those two at all. I, I don't know if we departed knowing, but that was among the queries we uh, had. And that's something we, we did try to sort out on the TV show today because all of us are in this mindset, and I, and I get it because I see it in sports too, like as a Michigan fan. Like when I look at, I'm assessing our talent, and I know we play a tough schedule, but I think this is on both sides of the ball the most talented team Michigan has had in many, many years. And so I'm like, there's no excuses this year, man. Time to win some meaningful games and win some championships. Whenever I say that, what do you think like most of the first four or five responses are? Can you guess? Or what, Dace? Fire the coach! I, did I say anything about firing the coach? No. No, I just simply said they. this would be a disappointing... There's no excuses to not have a disappointing season. You know, I'm not into, you know, uh, at Michigan, we should be eight and better than eight and four, but we shouldn't be firing people for eight and four either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but that's kind of the world we live in today. Distinctions and adulting aren't our jam. We don't do distinctions. Like you can think someone overall is the right person for the job, just their current performance needs to be better. But most people don't want to live in that world. Or at least most people in, in, that we have to reach with our voice don't want to live in that world. Uh, they want to live in the world that either everybody is the greatest and should get a lifetime contract or they're the worst and should be fired the first mistake they ever make, the first baddie they ever do. You know, And I see this when it comes to how we analyze this presidency. Everything, and I think a lot of it is, is frankly because, and Bill Clinton started this trend, the, perpet- the never-ending campaign, the perpetual campaigner. 
Bill Clinton masterfully did it, was the first guy to really understand the power of modern media to make yourself always be closing from a campaign perspective. Uh, George W. Bush didn't do that, mainly because that just wasn't his personality. He wasn't comfortable in that environment. So he campaigned when he had to. Barack Obama, absolutely even better at it than Bill, Bill Clinton was in many respects. And Trump, of course, all the world is a stage to P.T. Barnum, right? So three of our last four presidents, and it may be this way in the future. I don't know that we will ever elect a Calvin Coolidge George W. Bush type of personality ever again in our lifetimes. Just because with so much social media, viral media uh, available, you have to make me interested. You know what I'm saying? I I have to be interested. And and you've got to, there has to, there will have to be a showmanship quality, I believe, for the foreseeable future, just because of how we've adapted to, to technology as a people. And so because... Everything is a campaign every day. We live in this world where, because of that, everybody on the left in the media, but I repeat myself, every story is fashioned around how to defeat Trump. And the vast majority of the stories on the right are fashioned around how to reelect Trump. And so I look at a story like what happened yesterday. And I'm watching everybody's reaction to it. And I'm like, I think you're all wrong. I, I, and that doesn't mean I think I'm exclusively right. I just think you guys are on both sides of this are largely out of touch with most of America. Most of America wasn't even watching yesterday, number one. And I think those that did pay attention to it, everybody that wants to believe the Russian collusion story already believes it. There's, there, nobody's waking up, and I keep using Wisconsin because that's one of your key battleground states. There's nobody that got up in Wisconsin and thought, I suddenly believe the Russian collusion story who didn't either believe who didn't believe it the day before. Nobody's minds, nobody's minds are being changed on that until Robert Mueller presents a final finding of fact. And it holds up to scrutiny and or it does not. Until then, not a single mind in the United States of America is going to change on Russian collusion. But yes, since the, the media narrative is driven by perpetual campaigning, and so on their end it is take Trump down. Right away, we get this conflation between Russian collusion and what happened in Helsinki yesterday. And then, because we're in perpetual campaign mode, a bunch of people on the right jump to the defense. Well, we can't let him lose. Can't let, the, can't let Cory Booker appoint the next Supreme Court justice. So defend Trump, 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 because are we voting tomorrow? Thank God, no. Did we vote yesterday? No. We vote in a week from now? No. Did we vote last month, Aaron? No. No, so... A lot of the stuff we're losing our minds over right now aren't going to be relevant to people when they go to vote four and a half months from now. That's why our saying is what, Todd? The one who is dumbest last. Last. Is- last. Last is the key. Now, if we had voted yesterday, I think Trump Republican, was dumbest. If, if, if we had voted yesterday, Republicans were losing 40 or 50 House seats yesterday. Just like I think if we had voted a week before when Democrats were all abolish ICE, Republicans might have retained the House. If that was the, if that was the last... The last thing the voters saw heading into the clubhouse makes a big difference. But we're not at that stage. And so I think a lot of people are burnt out and aren't paying attention. I do think those who paid attention hated what they saw yesterday, by and large. But I don't think it has anything to do with the reasons the Democrats, the media, I don't think it has anything to do with Russian collusion. 
I think I think almost all the things that the media is complaining uh, uh, that Trump did yesterday are not what the average American was offended by. The average American, I don't care what party you're in. It's why we used to see Obama's approval numbers go up when he, when he was seen standing up to Republicans. The number one thing you can't be as an American president, period. And people can talk about, I, I want somebody who's sensitive. I want somebody who feels my pain. They can talk about that all they want. It's like women can talk about they want a sensitive guy and everything else. Try landing a chick without a job because you're finding yourself. And and she's going to trade in the the desire for a sensitive dude for a, the security of a grown-ass ma'am. Like about that, bro. Can I get a witness, Todd? Sure. Hey, yeah. Okay? So same thing applies to presidents. You cannot be a wuss, man. You can't do that. You can't go Dave Chappelle. You played yourself. We can't. You can't. And I think this is where Trump's inexperience combined with whatever, because he's had this affinity, fanboy affinity for Putin before we even knew, before there was a Russian collusion story. We talked about it all during the primary. But his neophyte inexperience as a politician hurts him here. Because a Jimmy Carter was every bit if not worse the beta male than Donald Trump was in this situation. But Jimmy Carter, because as a professional politician, understood the statecraft aspect of the job. So even he would pull out of the Moscow Olympics in 1980 to at least look like a president. You know what I'm saying? There's a certain political self-awareness there. Trump has none of that. None. And so since he has, he, he doesn't have the professional polish that comes with experience in the position. It helps him in some ways when he's off the cuff, when he's right, it really helps him. But when he's bad like it was yesterday, it looks really bad. That was heavily emasculating as an American. Tough to watch. I just, and we disagreeing in parts, you know, I, ultimately I agree with you that this was at, at best this is just frustrating. But whereas you seem to be getting more mad and you bring up the example, and rightly so, you're dead on about this is this is a pattern of behavior. This is what he did in China. This is what he did in North Korea. This is now, you're getting more and more mad. Yeah. I'm I'm getting like, I, I, I it's just a shoulder shrug. I don't know what to tell you. This is, this is what he does. He continues to be Donald Trump in unpredictable goofy doofus ways i compared him to will ferrell getting drunk and saying we're going streaking it's it's cartoonish it's just but it's now the new normal and here we live and and on other issues if it's something different my ire gets more up and you have a shoulder struggle like i i just can't care anymore that's that is what's fast like what what is donald trump doing our I think collective it all has a, i think it all has i gave up the notion that most of these guys were going to be honest with me a long time ago. That used to frustrate me greatly. I've given up the ghost on that. Yeah, that's the kind of okay? thing I'm talking about. And right. so I, I just I just assume they're all lying to me to a certain extent, or they're all faking with me to a certain extent, and just handicap that into my score. I can't get there. I probably shouldn't say the, what I want to say. I, I, I can't get there with eunuching yourself. I, and I just, I, I will never get there. This. It's so anathema to who I am as a human being that I, I can't, the dude cannot abide. 
I can't. I can't be in the presence of effeminates. I can't. I, it's a stench in my nostrils. Um, I, it's in, it, I, we all have certain things and characteristics that we find intolerable about the fallenness of human species. Some of you may find some of my quirks intolerable, and that's you. I'd suggest not listening, frankly. Have a nice life. Don't let me torment you. I'm not worth it. But the beta stuff, the eunuchy stuff, the past, I, I can't, man. I can't do it. I can't tolerate it. I can't abide it. I can't inhabit the same space as it. It, it is, it's it's fingernails on a chalkboard, in a rubber room, with my eyelids taped open, as you're forcing me to listen to bad '80s hair metal while waterboarding me. That's what it is. I, 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 I can't <laughs> handle it. I can't. I can't. Aaron, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I think this whole conversation. For for whatever reason, we got the got into this on the TV show as well. Um, what Todd kind of the perspective that he continually gives is um, like the, uh, the 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 play by play guy on on uh, the radio for your favorite uh, football or baseball team, and you know Mitch Holtis, Kansas City Chiefs, voice of the Chiefs. Uh, he's he's a huge fan of the Chiefs. You can tell that by the way he calls the games, uh, by his presence elsewhere. Um, you, you know he loves the Chiefs, but when it's the fourth quarter, and Andy Reid, who's you know who's who's a pretty good coach, he bumbles and fumbles another clock management situation. Mitch Holtis. I mean, you can tell he doesn't like it, but he just, it's his job. He's just telling it like it is. You know, he's just calling the game. That doesn't mean that he approves of the way that uh, Reed was handling the situation there. That's kind of this conversation. And then you get to 0 16, Detroit Lions, 0 16, uh, Cleveland Browns. I don't know if a color commentator or a play by play guy has ever walked away, but I imagine there were some, some points where you're just watching the game and it's your job to kind of call it as, as you see it. But, you know, you can't abide the level of stupidity that you're seeing on the field. That's kind of the way I feel. It's like, and it, I don't want I don't ever want to make it say that we are, we're just doing this show out of compulsion or that we're just talking about President Trump out of compulsion or compulsory. But that's kind of what it feels like sometimes. It's just like, this this really sucks. I can't I can't bear to see it, but this is the way it's this is the way we're seeing it and you know, moving on. Um that's that's the way it is. But I totally get the inclination. It is it's painful. Um just over over and over again. It's just especially since we just went through this last month with uh, Kim Jong un this weird fascination fetish uh for Despots. If you like your fetish, you can keep your fetish. I don't know. Um, that's that's what we seem to be going through right now. In fact, that is a good segue to the rest of the podcast. Uh, first of all, though, if you want to watch today's show on CRTV, CRTV.com promo code DACE is how you can get a discounted subscription. And it will cost you just a quarter a day, not just for our show, but every show here at CRTV, including the new sports show we launched this week with me and Kurt Schilling on the clock. And yes, it is absolutely about sports. Corey, or, or Aaron, you are producing that show. 
Yeah. And it's about yeah. sports, is it not? It's about sports. Uh, I believe we've mentioned President Trump, President Obama, the left, liberalism, uh, any of that stuff, exactly zero times. Yeah, it's it's about sports. But we also have the great one, Mark Levin, and so much more. So, CRTV.com, promo code DACE. That will get you a subscription to all of our shows at CRTV for the next year for just 25 cents a day. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. We've talked about this thing, gentlemen, as we move on with the rest of the podcast. We have talked about this this lofty standard known as the dude code in passing, or it's been referenced specifically on numerous occasions, particularly by me. I hold the dude code in, in, in high esteem, frankly. We've never really fleshed out the dude code, though. We did have a listener try to do it a couple months ago right on the podcast, and... That was a flame out. Yeah, that was a kind of a face palm. Yeah. But but I thought we we should maybe, as Todd, you like to say, pass the sharing ball, <laughs> and come up with here on a pop culture Tuesday, where we are living in a culture where a woman is told she has to give up playing a movie role about a man playing a woman. Because she's really a woman and wouldn't understand the plight of a man claiming he's a woman when he's a man. Do I have that right? Sure. <laughs> Can you follow the flow chart on that one? I'm just living in your truth on that analysis. But that, that, that was that's is that that's the story, right? Right. I mean I was trying to I was trying to connect all the dots in live math on the air. I think I got all the layers of, bureaucracy, of intersectionality, bureaucracy. I think I touched them all on that one. All right. But, and I'm not even going to try to repeat that. Okay. But it, it's clear we don't know in many cases what is manhood and what is not. What, what is acceptable behavior for a man and what is not. And I think we should take some time this week on our Pop Culture Tuesday podcast to clarify that particularly because it's on my mind quite prevalently right now with the president, all right? So I'm actually going to start there. Is it or is it not a dude code violation to lap dance for a guy to his face and then turn around the next day when he's not there and talk tough and act like I didn't really mean it and here's what I really mean I didn't. I said the word would when I uh, wouldn't when I meant to say the word would. There's your definition of the word. What the word is is. Trump literally pulled that today. Yes. We went from is is I'm to look, would and wouldn't. I'm looking okay. at it right now. Yeah. Because um, I I think that is a, a dude code violation of the highest order. I, I think that's like a eunuch. You've like eunuched yourself to pull that. Agree or disagree, Todd? Uh, I. Absolutely agree what you are describing, and amazingly, this—I can't believe this phrase was used and used not only appropriately but effectively by Chris Hayes when he called it "down the block tough." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I abhor that. Doesn't he strike you as a guy that would be an expert on down the yes, block tough? Perhaps. Yeah. So don't you kind of have to defer to him as the yeah. SME here? Yes. So uh, you're dead on, but I also find it fascinating. Not only did Donald Trump just do this, but now. Are you also noticing that everybody is arguing about whether this is acceptable enough or honest? I mean, there is just, it is just, and they will do it just as stridently as they did yesterday. 
and talking, but because it's 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 to your corners. Yep. Enjoy the show. Yeah, that's why there's no. That's why he there's really been that. That's why his instinct to never apologize, while on a human level, there is a time when you've made mistakes that you should own up to them. Politically, you're living in a culture you just need to know going in, there's nothing to gain from it because then they'll pick apart that the apology wasn't good enough, it wasn't circumspect enough. You know, you didn't, you had dangling participles and too many uh, mixed metaphors, not enough prepositional phrases. That's also why be a damned adult and realize what you're saying going in, the entire world is watching and don't sit there and ball wash a, a thug on camera. Don't do that. I, these are things I shouldn't have to say to a 70 year old man. Right? <laughs> wow. How m- We've said that in one way, shape, or form for many, many a moon now. But here we live nonetheless. Aaron, is that a dude code violation? Yeah. There are uh, two kinds of people in this world, dudes and not dudes. Uh, I think, uh, well, you know, dudes, I think you become a dude if and only if you... Um, have dude parts and you are around the age of 12 11 12 whatever i think that's when you become a dude everybody else everybody else is a not dude um you know who um talks really nice to somebody while they're standing face to face and then you know i don't know minutes later uh talks really bad about them to uh, their friends you know who does that uh middle school girls uh, are middle school girls dudes? No, uh, they're in the not dude category. So yes, this is a violation of the dude code. All right, we're settled on that. Is it? How do I want to phrase this one? Is it a dude code violation? To require babysitting, handling as an adult male. Is that a dude code violation? I uh, what? To you for an adult to need babysitting. Yeah. What do you mean by babysitting? To have to feel as if you need to clean up. I, I Be prepared to clean up the mess um, another dude is about to make, and that your your job is to help deter him from going around and uh, and and making a mess. Is of it a, is a dude code to be that babysitter? Is that yes. what you're saying? Yes. Well, then. Vis-a-vis your relationship with the Republican Party, you've been that person for the last, what, 15 years now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, that's why I've, I've, I'm out, as I say to my wife and my mom all the time, I'm out of the grown man babysitting business. I've, yeah. I've permanently retired from that, right? Is that a dude code violation, Aaron? Give me an example. Uh, people that say... Um, why didn't the president's advisors, you know, coach him on what to say in Helsinki? How it's it's always the staff or somebody else's fault. That's absolutely a violation. No uh, doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because inherent with being a dude is the recognition of you have to accept responsibility for your own actions, right? Yeah. That's one of the that's one of the core tenets of the dude code. Right? 
thou must accept responsibility for thy own actions. Now, not are, are dudes ever victims? Hell no. No. I mean, they can be victims of the actions of others, right? But the idea of victimhood or victimology as a state of, being, a state of being yeah. is not. That's in that's. That that's not even contemplated by the dude code. We agree on that. Agreed totally. Yeah. What about I? I decide what I think is right or wrong on the basis of how much I like or dislike someone else. What's the dude code have to say about that? Because that's that right now would be about half the callers into any sports talk radio program and. 75% of political Twitter, which has decided uh, I, what I think is right and wrong is based by how much I love Donald Trump or how much I hate him. Are those dude code violations? When it comes to close hand issues, absolutely. When it comes to some open hand issues and depending on just how much those people are insufferable, um, can I can I have a little wiggle room on this one? <laughs> some because some sometimes um, yeah uh, I can because it's you I just can't and won't go there with you and I will just antagonize you just cause but it's an open hand issue only on open hand issues right I mean so that's like, a good clarification like me an Iowa fan during football that's season a good, that, that is a good clear and and sometimes if it's an open handed hey. issue. <laughs> You're just figuring this out. <laughs> Sometimes if it's an open-handed issue, you do have to be willing. You, you, this happens in a marriage, right? You realize how much I care and love this person I'm married to is worth more than blowing it up over this disagreement. So yeah, it's expect- I will learn to live with it or yeah. abide it because of the greater good here. Yeah. Right? It's expectations versus standards. Standards are closed hands. Expectations are a uh, female dog. Yes. Uh, because uh, when you have expectations, it is how you expect those standards to be carried out. So like, for example, if my wife came home one night and said, um, I'm 100% convinced Jesus wasn't resurrected, and if you don't agree with me, then um, uh, I, I will withhold, <laughs> I, I will, I will withhold uh, marital bliss from you. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Carl Lewis. Yes, um, I, I would be like, well, that would suck. But I did actually buy some really comfortable couches here at the house. Right? I'm not changing a close-handed thing for her. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, if the wife came home and said, um, you know, I I've been studying the Julian and Gregorian calendars. And I think maybe it would be better if, if you know, uh, if we were going to be more prudent in our faith, if we actually went to church on Saturdays, because I think that's probably more in line with uh, a, a correct, rightly divided interpretation of the calendar of events. And so I want us to exclusively go to church on Saturday evenings. Um, while I would not agree with her interpretation of the Julian or Gregorian calendars, mainly because I don't really have one, uh, but <laughs> okay, <laughs> and they play college football games on Saturday nights. Yeah, well, there we go. You buried the lead. There's, there's the real you'll, reason, the right reason, you'll guys. Have one pretty quick. <laughs> All right, but that, those issues notwithstanding, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. 
we're not gonna, we don't need, there's no need, regardless of whether I share my opinion with her or not, there's no point in risking our fellowship over something like that. You see, is that yeah. sort of what you're alluding to? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's strategically beneficial to me to put up with an open-handed issue that someone is making a clown out of themselves over because they, they're on the close-handed stuff I care about, they are a, they are a benefit overall to me so i tolerate this uh, there's a hierarchy of truth that, yeah yes. yeah all right so okay then you're right let me rephrase it that's a good clarification is it a dude code violation to violate your or to change your core convictions on the basis of how much you either hate or love somebody of course not of course not it's not a dude code violation no, it's a, you said it's not okay. It is uh, a dude okay. code violation. Then, then it I is speak? Okay. utterly okay. not okay, but so it like, is. So like Bill Crystal, essentially a lot, basically like every Republican, George Will, basically every Republican on CNN and MSNBC, all those dudes, all dude they're code not violators. Dudes. Yeah, not, not dudes, dudes anymore. Gone. Yeah. Well, They've been excommunicated. Because if you, um, if you change your core convictions for any reason, whether that's a person or otherwise, um, you're really not a dude because uh, you're really not uh, you're really not standing for anything because you're, you're not a dude. You're just you're just an amoeba. Well, and you are describing one of the most damning charges the left has against the right on a regular basis in terms of how and we, we've talked about this labeled it roll tide Christianity, but all of the peccadillos that are just. Yeah, whatever, Donald Trump, but MAGA and all that versus if it was, you know, Bill Clinton doing the very same things, it is impeach mm-hmm. him, burn him at the stake. That's what you're describing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so th- basically all the dudes in the always Trump, never Trump, you know, absolutist category, those dudes, not dudes anymore. They're all gone. Yeah, they're not dudes. Okay. Is there a certain level of obsession you can have in being critical of another dude that it crosses now over into a crush unrequited love right like i remember in the sixth grade at gladiol elementary you're at that age puberty's just kicking in right and i thought kathy schultz man was just drop dead gorgeous and and i was mind-numbingly irritated by her at the exact same time. I didn't know how to process all this stuff. I'm a kid, I'm a boy in the sixth grade, you know? And so I waited for her to come in from gym class one day and she had this gorgeous blonde hair and I threw a pile of sand in it because I didn't like her. Well, at the same time, I just thought she was just beautiful, okay? (laughs) Does that that not sound like every sixth or seventh grade boy's first crush, double-minded? How do I, how do I, you always, how do I handle these uh, new emotions and everything, you know? And I hadn't thought about that in years. She actually, we went, ended up becoming good friends in high school and everything, dated other people. She actually sent me a note because she saw something about me in the news something recently. And I remembered, oh yeah, you were the girl that I, <laughs> I ambushed in the playground one day and was very mean to because I had a crush on you and I was pretty convinced you didn't like me back. And so I, I, I hated you at the same time, right? That kind of thin line between love and hate. Can that, in today's social media, can you just so stalk somebody else that you're critical of? That the criticism becomes the point of obsession to the point of, 
Are you critical here, or do you just have a crush, man, and, when and you're, you're upset it hasn't been returned? When you're typing something on Twitter, I think a good way to figure out if you're in this category that we're talking about is when you're typing something critical of some other dude on, on Twitter, do you get butterflies in your stomach? That's probably a good, good dividing line. <laughs> Do you feel a fluttering in your nether regions by any chance? Yes. Yeah, the meme for that kind of dude. This is absolutely a dude code violation. And the meme for that kind of dude is, why can't I quit you from Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> oh. oh, that was good. I, mean, just shake- I was thinking there was no way you were coming in over the top on Aaron, but you just did, dude. Yeah. Like Aaron did the Hulk Hogan leg drop, and like you went like Jimmy Superfly Snuka. At WrestleMania one, and you went up to the very top of the steel cage, man, and just dropped the elbow on well, Don Morocco right you know, there. I was impressed. If this is, we elevate each other's games. This it's essential. Like I have to keep up because I see this a lot in my Twitter feed. Well, I shouldn't say I see it a lot. I, I see it every so often, where I'm like, guys, as the great prophet Terrell Owens once said, "I love me some me," but but you now believe I am more important than I believe. And so I'm pretty confident that means you're out of bounds. <laughs> 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 when when you think I'm more important than I am, I'm, I know one of us is wrong and I'm pretty sure it's you. <laughs> I mean, when you haven't, when, and I think that's something as a dude, when you start realizing you think the person you think is wrong has more influence and more of an impact than they clearly have demonstrated or they likely even think they have, you're way out of balance here, right? That's a two total dude code violation, right? We all agree yes. on that? Agreed. Yes. All right, yesterday, when Trump was asked about Putin's denials, do we have that clip, Aaron? Do we have it? Uh, the one where he says... It was the, the one that, the strong one that we and forceful. Talk, yeah, the one that you were talking about yesterday. Yeah, do you have that clip? Un momento. All right, because I, I want us to hear this clip. Okay, All right, is. is this is this a dude code violation? Listen to this. Thirty-three thousand emails. So I have great confidence in my intelligence people, but uh, I will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful in his denial today. And what he did is an incredible offer. He offered to have the people working on the case come and work with their investigators with respect to the twelve people. I- he will tell you that President Putin was extremely strong and powerful. Was extremely strong and powerful. All right. First, the last part of that. Yeah. The idea of that yeah. there's there's integrity yeah. with Russian investigators. That's, the worst part. <laughs> That's a great idea, guys. It's like what could go it's wrong? like Al Qaeda offering uh, this <laughs> this whole flying planes yeah. into buildings things. We protested. We'd like to come help you Here, sort come, this all out. Come yeah. visit our flight schools, yeah. and you'll find none of us can fly our way out of a paper bag. Yeah. We'll prove it to you I I on camera. I heard You're that clever shark, sto- aren't you? Yeah, I heard yeah. there's a shortage of commercial Land sharks in the United States. We'll help. Yes, <laughs> you're that clever I'm shark. A, I'm just a dolphin, ma'am. Beautiful mid-70s SNL reference there, Todd. Well played. All right, but in any competitive environment or sense, <laughs> I think I already know the answer, don't I? Yes, you never say to another man, you're strong and powerful. Yeah, can, it, can, you, can you refer to another man no. as no. strong and powerful no. in any competitive uh, or rivalry sense? No? Because no? I think that's a no-brainer, right? 
fact, I think it just goes to show the state of modern American manhood that we even had to ask this question. Yeah. Like, this wasn't like the lead story, even in right-wing media. Like, no one pointed this out. Like, uh, beta much? No, you don't. Like, could you imagine, like, Alex, uh, who's the manager of the Red Sox now? Is that Alex Cora? Yes. Could, could you imagine Alex Cora as they get to set to, set to take on the Yankees? Well, I have to tell you, you know, I've, I find the Red Sox strong and powerful. Can you imagine what like, what like Boston Sports Talk Radio would do five minutes after that? People be losing their poop. Like people would be dropping deuces on the cobbled streets of Boston, losing it. That you had affirmed, depends would be changed. There'd be a run on depends, even in liberal Boston. That you that you were that you said those things about the hated Red Sox, right? How can Mister Ego? How can Mister Ego feel comfortable in his own skin, looking over that diminutive little gangster tyrant over there and saying he was strong and powerful? How does that happen, Todd? Do you know? Um, I ask my, every once in a while before you get in, Aaron, I uh, share the fact that like I, I had this moment mm-hmm. uh, where I realized just because of something I read, it, it hits you like a ton of bricks uh, that, oh, Donald Trump really is president of the United States. Holy cow. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't have answers for this. I, I have none. Can you envision a scenario, Aaron, where at any point Vladimir Putin would have said of Donald Trump, I found him to be. Strong, powerful. Um. Yeah. Yes, I can. Um. I think probably after somehow a Russian army sacks Washington D.C. That's probably in the first bit of propaganda he puts out, just as conciliatory, uh, conciliatory note. You know, your beloved president was strong and powerful, but uh, Mother Russia is here now. I like that. Yeah. All right, I'm going to stop now. I could do this all day because I love talking to Dude Code. Are there any clarifications you guys have that you have witnessed and you feel like we need to address? Is this a Dude Code? Like, most people have stupid ideas. Wearing pink is not a Dude Code violation, depending on, you know, well, not a blanket pink. Prepare for your <laughs> box to just be spammed. <laughs> it's over. Prepare and with biblical inbox. citations, probably. Just, you know what? I, and, I, and I'll take walking into that one for $1,000, Alex. <laughs> but like in general, wearing pink is not a dude code violation. In certain circumstances, it can be, right? But in general, is that a dude code violation? No. In general, if you took your wife or girlfriend to a chick flick like The Notebook and it's actually a good movie and you get into it with her and it's on a date with her... And you tear up at the end when the guy dies. That's not a dude code violation. Now, if you go with you one of your buddies, with this? huh? You have experience. I with do this? have some experience okay. with this. Yes, but if you go with one of your buddies, and it's not to just sit there and mystery Mock science it. theater yeah. the film while it's going on, that's a total dude code violation. Yeah. Yep. We agree on that, right? Yes. Agreed. Okay. All right. So, can you guys think of one or two other things that sh- should be addressed and clarified before we sign well, off here today? Well, since we're Talking about this is all stemming from much of what happened yesterday. Is it a dude code violation for many of the 
men and or institutions that they have regularly propped up uh, as essential and vital, but yet have been pantsed and shown to be whitewashed tombs on a regular basis by Donald Trump to take an obvious dude code violation that happened yesterday, but perhaps... Are you allowed to? Are you allowed as a dude to blow a dude code violation out of proportion? Is that in it? Is yes. that also a dude yes. code violation? Yes. yes. Yeah. You are allowed. Oh no, no. I was answering your last okay, question. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what what happened yesterday was one of, if not the worst, dude code violation by an American president I've ever seen. I would include Obama bowing. Because that wasn't before global media with cameras everywhere. There's a reason why we've often seen that picture from behind. That wasn't a private setting. And you probably didn't know that was out there. This was paraded for the whole world to watch. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But a dude code violation isn't Pearl Harbor, guys, where 3,000 people die. It's not Kristallnacht, which essentially ignites the Third Reich. Okay. And you're Come not. Come on, man. You're bringing up having no perspective. Examples. You're yeah, not, having no perspective in childlike metaphors at the ready are is a that's the dude code violation is right that then and there. All right. I mean, if you making you know crazy analogies because that's how a child talks. Oh, my life is so hard. Yeah. Why, mom asked me to make the bed and I'm on summer vacation. This is Pearl Harbor. It's Crystal Knock. Trump is literally Hitler. He's a fascist. Those are all dude code violations. All dude code violations, yes. Good. Yeah. Good. Aaron. Eric's, I think, Aaron's still thinking about pink. Yeah. I'm stuck on that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, it depends. I think if it's your favorite color, then maybe we can have a conversation about that. that. Might be, if it's your favorite color, that might be a dude code violation. Yeah. Um, what about... I think I think a dude code violation is excessively bringing up the dude code for like everything. Mm. A dude code legalist putting in that's to a good the dude point. So, putting into the dude code that which is not there. So when does it go into effect? That is that the Here's question the you're thing, asking, Aaron? Yeah, if if you have to ask, oh. it's about okay. you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what you're fired, Aaron. That's what he just said. No, but I think that's really good, though. Like, it's a little bit like you know, um, it's a little bit like that. Who is Ted Haggard, the guy that used to run the National Association for Evangelicals? And NBC News, Tom Brokaw's doing this huge special back in like 2000, after the 2004 election on evangelicals and their surging political influence. And he's on as the head of the NA, which was a very powerful organization at the time. It has no power anymore, but it was one of the most powerful organizations on the right at the time. And he, and Haggard was not only preaching in that church in Colorado, I believe he was singing and into the camera he says something like, what are you doing in your spare time? What are you doing when nobody's watching? Oh, no. And then we find out like a couple years later that he's doing lines of coke off a gay hooker's ass. We literally found that out. That was literally happening. Yes. Literally happening. Not even, that's not even like a line from a Chris Rock. That is literally what happened. Okay. <laughs> right. And so there's sort of that stereotype that the more overtly over the top condemning you are about something 
usually is it can often be seen as a comp- compensatory act, right? That's sort of what I hear you saying with the dude code. Aaron. Yeah. If I got to go around flaunting the dude code all the time, then that in and of itself is a sign I'm not really maybe, comfortable with my dudeness. Maybe, right? Yeah, maybe I'm compensating for something. Exactly. Yeah. So that also, I think, relates to the question I asked. I mean, do we, you, the dude code is something that's crafted like in uh, over many years in like a amongst buddies in a dugout. You yes, know? yes. And so when it's broken, you, you, it's just the kind of like, you just, hey, flag you know but yes. then you just there's no discussion you mean yep. and, and there's needs to and, and honor dictates you know what must be done yes yes and in an extreme case hemlock is a consideration <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding i'm kidding sort of but um <laughs> but it's a self and inf- <laughs> we shouldn't if, if you have to go miller's crossing your dude code never worked right like at the end where you take the you take the guy who broke the code out to the woods and put him down if you have to go miller's crossing Okay, Just. Uh, it, you, then that means your dude code never was in effect because somebody there was perpetrating. They were they right. they didn't have the honor of of right. in, embedded in recognizing, dude. I gotta I owe you guys this, right? It's like a clubhouse. It's like it's like the kangaroo courts in Major League Baseball franchises in the clubhouse. If 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 a guy blows a save, and the team leaders have to go to him and say, hey, you know, the kangaroo court says you blow a save. That's a $500 fine in the kitty, right? If you have to go to him to say that, right. nah, then that's even worse than the blowing the, than the offense. The fact that you had to go to him to point out he owes recompense for this is worse than the offense. Because in, inherit, maybe the number one creed of the dude code is thou will be responsible for thine own actions, Right. So if you're yes. that guy blowing that save, you're like writing out the check yes. as you walk off the field. In fact, like, you're so you, you are so repentant in the locker room after the media walks out that your teammates are sick of you hearing, I'm sorry, I blew that. You're like, dude, we'll get him tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's where you need to be. But if your teammates have to come to you and say, hey, bro, man, you know what the code. If they have to tell you, that's worse than the offense in and of itself. And that's kind of also what I hear Aaron saying. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. Like, you know. You, yeah. you know when you broke the dude code. So if you're the guy in a world who's constant, you, you've placed yourself in a world where you are constantly having to point out to your immediately surroundings that it they are violating the dude code, you yourself are violating the dude code. Yes. Because that's not, you're in a place where it's untenable. You must shake the dust from your feet. And, and constant would be like obsessive. Okay. Um, and I think it, it, see, it's like the demon under the doily dude code under the doily. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, obsess- some people are like, you mean like doing a 40 minute podcast on this topic? <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I haven't thought about that a couple of times, but what hey. was Day saying about self-awareness is dead. Uh, your honor, exhibit yeah. A. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make a living here. <laughs> uh, but there has to, there is some level of embedded uh, honor. And you just know it. Yes. And it's a little bit like, how do you know when you're obsessing about it? You know? And it's it's like the old Supreme Court Kentucky versus Sanford obscenity case. I can't define it, but I know what it is when I see it. Like, I trust. I trust. I hold the dude code in high esteem. I don't think I'm obsessing about it. But because the number one creed is, thou will be accountable for thine own actions. I just trust that if I get to an obsessive state with this, you guys will give me the George Costanza tap on the shoulder and say, hey, bro, got to chill it out. You know what I'm saying? And then I would recognize I'm 
either in danger of crossing a line or I have crossed it. So, you know, I got to... I got to kick it down a few notches. I got to get back on the down low. You know what I'm saying? Because that's also one of the creeds of the dude code is you hold other dudes accountable. And then another creed of the dude code is you willingly accept that accountability. We agree on that at least? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I'm there. All right, any final thoughts on the dude code before we we go and become obsessive? What is it again? (laughs) First rule of the dude code. You do not talk about the dude code, right? Like, is it a dude code violation if you don't like the movie Fight Club? I've, I'm willing to, I'm, I, if someone wants to second that motion, I am willing to entertain it as a potential stipulation. We've actually talked about this. Is it a violation yeah, of the dude code to not like Fight Club? Here's, here's I, think, um, I think it's a violation to uh, anything less than neutral feelings about it. Yes. I, I think we can agree on that. If you dislike, you don't have to love it. You don't even yeah. have to like it, but you can't have less than neutral. That's a good yeah. point. I think that's a. I think that's a reasonable compromise right there. You at yeah. least have to be neutral, right? Fair enough. Okay. Or, or if you do, if you if you don't like it, it has to be I freaking hate that movie, and you have to be willing to defend it. To yes, that. yes. Mm, I like that better. Yeah. And it's got to be like on a like, reasonable ground, really like it. Yeah. something morally defensible, like yeah. it's too profane or something yeah. like that. Then it's okay. Yeah. See, we keep. But if you're just like, well, it was kind of violent, and I'm not really into that. Uh, no. Or That's... you fell asleep. Like this podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> this is a perfect. This is like the baseball rule book. You bring something up, and it goes to. An entirely yeah. different yes. part. I mean, you are at part of it. It is absolute. It is not a violation. It is. Imp- this is a vital aspect of the dude. You are allowed in certain realms, and I don't know what the percentage is, but five percent to be an utter contrarian to the point of being a horse's ass on yes. certain yes. issues where you will not budge. Yes, yep. that's a dude. No yep. doubt. If you're provided, you have some reasonable reason. You're not just being a douche. Okay, but. If you have some reasonable reason why yes. you're being a contrarian, standing up against a, a yep. thwart, as William F. Buckley would say, yes. a thwart, standing up to history and saying, stop or yes. no. Yes, yes. you got to respect that, man. Yep. That's why you hear me say movements are only as good as their contrarians. doesn't mean their contrarians are always right, but if you can't listen or aren't willing to hear or be challenged by your own contrarian, you're not a movement. You're right. a cult, basically. Right. That's what you are. Yep. So here, here. See, that's why I knew we could just keep going. Yeah. I know. This we, year of we the can cat, keep going. Year of the cat movement really sucks. No, we can't. We can't keep going. <laughs> yeah, that, now we're done here. Thank you. Well, let us know what you think. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. We are back at it again tomorrow. Hey, if you get a chance, click subscribe there on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, leave us a positive review. If you dig our show, we would greatly appreciate it. That helps us to grow the show and get it out to more people. So many of you have already done that. We want to thank you for taking the time to do that as well. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like you.